no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Socially Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. Yeah, Wolfie's back. Back in the saddle again. It's party time now. So how have you been doing? Been doing well. Mm -hmm. Uh got an idea for another one of those little things that i'm doing back in the day back in my day yeah back back in well i can't necessarily say back in my day because the last one that i did was not that was before even i was born and you know i am old but i'm not that old right but but we're getting your uh, old man interpretation of stories oh okay right (laughs) you know because i'm so young and chipper and uh, indeed, you are. And you are the old man of the group. <laughs> he said it's party time. All right, I think she's done now. So it's, he's in the house, so she should calm down. Okay. But I got to find some more. I, I can't find the the only place I've been able to find this story is in a different podcast. Oh. And uh, I've not been able to get any. I've been not been able to find any confirming. Uh, evidence for the story it is a very interesting story hmm. confirming what you just got to take the uh the the cnn version um sources report uh or un- unconfirmed sources or uh people familiar <laughs> with the matter right. have confirmed that's my favorite people, people familiar yeah. what happened i don't know maybe i'll do something totally different but it's a it is a really cool story all right just don't take too long I'll, I'll try not to. If not, I'll, I'll just have to figure something else out to, to rave about. Yeah. Well, let's get into this list you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Patrick Bet David had, uh, they had Andrew Tate on their show the other day. Andrew Tate, you know, Mr. Uh, the most famous man on the internet. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people either love him or hate him. He, uh, he put out his, uh, and they broke down a lot of, some of the uh, complaints that people have, because uh, you know how the the media does when they uh, like to pick and choose what somebody says, take like one little half sentence out of context and say, here's what they said. Mm -hmm. Well, they, they took most of the articles that were written about it or news clips or videos that people had made and they broke down each one playing the full because most of it is because he's been on everybody's show the past you know few months before he got canceled everybody he was everywhere anytime he uh voices his opinion people like to pull pieces of it out and hate it now now granted there is a lot of things that he will say that come across really harsh um he i mean he says he's a man of god but his actions aren't christian so don't know what the well, God he's thing. talking, but yeah. Well, I don't know what his religious, uh, whether he is or, or whatever. Right. But if you just simply tell the truth to people, right? Yeah. You know, then you may not. You know, I don't have any animus towards you, but this is the truth of the matter, and here it is. And a lot of times, it's going to sound harsh, and people don't want to hear it. But at the end of their episode. <clears throat> of their podcast he uh he basically broke it down and and run through a list real quick he said that he had written here are the 41 tenets of his life he he thinks if everybody were to follow these rules the world would be a much healthier friendly better better place, better place. well let's dive into this list all right we, some people are calling them tatism um, you know, because a lot of people that, yeah, a lot of people that don't like him, 
you know, call his hate speech. They call it Tate speech. Um, but uh, here is, uh, I've got, uh, I just got some audio clips of each one. Here's one. Here's his intro to it. I think if any man lives true to these tenets, they're going to have a fantastic relationship with life. And also they're going to be a good force and good influence for people around them. And I think that all in all, they're going to enjoy their experience, their human experience, and the people close to them will also enjoy their presence. So that's what this is about. These are the 41 things I believe. All right. Here's the first one. I believe that men have the divine imperative to become as capable, powerful, and competent as possible in this life. Yeah. The men have the divine imperative to become as capable, as powerful, and as competent as possible in life. You have, the, you have a responsibility to be the best you you can be basically. Yes. I would agree with that. That's so far the, uh, but we're only at number one. (laughs) Now see where you're going to get pushback is whether or not he, because he does make distinctions between men and women. Right. And there are distinctions between the two. Right. And in some of these beliefs there, they're become a little more apparent, but, um, and here's the thing. That particular one right there, it could go either or. I mean, that would be good for... Right. A, lo- a lot of these, when they're said as... if in, Unless he's speaking of... Um, Did he say it was his responsibility? He said it's a divine imperative. Okay, so he's basically saying that this is what... This is God saying it, that... Or not necessarily God saying I've got to do this, but... My basically my responsibility back to God to be the best person that I can be. Right. Uh, the first. Yeah. The first catechism question. The f- the first question. The first catechism question is what is the chief end of man? And it's to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's the Heidelberg Catechism. But uh, all right, let's jump into number two. I reserve my human right to hold my own beliefs and practice them as I see fit, and allow other people the same right to believe and act as they wish. To basically fall into the first, you know, the First Amendment, mm-hmm. you know, freedom of right. religion. But you have a right. That's right. To hold your own beliefs, well, not just religious right. beliefs, just beliefs yeah, in general. Belief. Right. And yeah. practice them. Whether they be religious or whatever. Right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. All right. Here's number three. Like these people oh. that are flat earthers, you know. Right. They've got every right to be a flat earther. I don't necessarily believe it. But you do, you, if that's what's your thing, you go ahead, you wear it out. Right. Okay, here's number three. I prefer loving, rewarding, consensual relationships with beautiful, positive, and virtuous women. Okay. I prefer loving, rewarding, consensual relationships with beautiful, positive, and virtuous women. Sounds reasonable to me. Okay. Number four. I believe men and women are different. And that each has their own unique and unique and important strengths and abilities. That's one that people don't like. They don't like you to ever just well, may point out any distinctions between men and women. Yeah, e- even though there yeah, are, but there is, and it, oh yeah, there are, and and the, there's even distinctions between men and men and women and women. Right. You know, everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. We're all unique little snowflakes. Uh, yep. Yes, we are. All right. Here's number five. I believe men have the sacred duty to protect and provide for the important people in their lives. Yeah. So, yeah, he believes that men has the sacred duty to protect and provide for the important people in their lives. Yes. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that at all. That is. uh, But there again, that's that's coming right straight out of the Bible as to what a duty of a man is. Is to be the that protector, right? And provider for his family and those around him that are close to him. Yeah, a lot of people don't like the idea of protecting and providing. That uh, it goes against uh, some uh, women lib beliefs, I guess. Because that, to me, doesn't affect women's rights. But if you want to think, I would be curious to like if we could get these women lib people and and pin them down and 
you know, get them in a, in a setting where we can ask them questions, how many of them would be like, you know, if you could find a man and marry him and he made enough money that you didn't have to work, would you, would you work anyway? Oh, no. You know? Well, I mean, some, I'm all about wood. Um, I dare, I dare say some would, but I dare say there would be a lot of, them, especially when it came time to start having kids, they would welcome the fact that they didn't have to go to work because they could be there for their kids you right. know, all the time. And I mean, we used to have that in this country. You used to be able to, oh, the man could, he would hold a job and he'd make enough money to be able to, you know, have the house, the car, right. a wife and kids and the whole nine yards. And just um, on his income alone, you could do it. Right. Well, you can still do it today. The problem is a lot of what we want in life, you can't do with off of one sometimes. Where are we on? Number six. Yep. I believe so. I believe men have the sacred duty to protect the innocence and sanctity of their children and reserve the right and responsibility to raise their children as they see best to ensure their long-term happiness and success. See, that, that to me is your duty in life. Mm-hmm. It's to your children. Yeah. To the next generation. Right. After your duty to God. Yes. And here's, here's the, here's, this is, and that's why a lot of the stuff that's going on in our society today is just so wrong. Because you see these, these woke parents that are just because their kid who's two or three years old wants to, you know, play with dolls or, or whatever, or, you know, dress up like their sister, their older sister, that all of a sudden, Oh, they must not be a boy. They must really be a girl. Right. Like, no, they're just kids and they're just playing and just let them be a kid and don't try to push all this craziness on them and, uh, just let them do their thing. And that's why that's where you got to kind of steer them in the right direction, yeah. Because I, I watched a video of this little this little boy, and he was saying that he was a girl. And there's the only way that he could have come up with that is his parents told him he was. Period. I mean, that's all it is. He's being groomed by his own parents to be a part of this craziness that's going on. And you can tell they're just they're just eating it up. You know, because they're making TikToks about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they and say. Like, Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it. Exactly. And they're training these kids up in a way that they shouldn't be going. It's telling them that, oh, if you're a little boy and you think you're a little girl, it's okay. You can become a little girl. And if you're a little girl and you think you're a little boy, it's okay because we can make you into that. And no, you can't. No, ma- no matter how many surgeries that you do on these people these kids it's not going to change what they are and i'm sure we're probably not going to get very many friends for that (laughs) one but that's just the way it is this number seven is one that'll get people to i believe that men have the sacred duty to raise strong capable and honorable sons yes the fact that between seven and eight because you know seven is i believe that men have the sacred duty to raise strong capable and honorable sons Number nine is for the daughters. I believe that men have the sacred duty to raise kind, feminine, and virtuous daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they don't like the idea that you're raising a son to be strong, capable, and honorable, and a daughter to be kind, feminine, and virtuous. Which I don't really see a problem with that. Of course, I'm old-fashioned. Right. And you would just put the emphasis on old. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Here's at number nine. I played jumped ahead. I utterly disprove of violence within romantic or familiar relationships. He believes, yeah, there should never be violence amongst the family. Wives, girlfriends, right. brothers, sisters, fathers, you know, and everything in the family should be worked out. Now, he yeah. doesn't have a problem with violence when it comes to strangers. Um, so, no. Don't mess with his daughter. Here's the thing. I mean... Yeah, or his son. All right. Here's number 10. I support good and honest governments and will obey their laws. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Good and honest governments. 
So if he believes it's a corrupt government, then... I'm not seeing... Yeah, I'm seeing things that I do believe are corrupt. Right, right. Just disingenuous. I mean, you think about what they did to the former president, President Trump. Now, I've got my problems with him. I think the decision he made with the uh, bump stocks was wrong. Right. Uh, As far as like, you know, Second Amendment rights go, I think it was wrong for him to do what he did. And that's fine. But... On the other hand, there were lots of things that he did that I thought were good and and were good for the American people. You know, we had low gas prices. We were energy independent. Our, uh, we had just unbelievable uh, unemployment numbers. People, you know, people were working. The economy was just going right along. Everything was good. But Biden's uh, creating hundreds of thousands of job, new jobs every month. Well, they're not new jobs. They're creating jobs every month. It's just the people going back to work after the pandemic being laid off. That's all it is. Well, a lot of it is, yeah. I don't think he's really cre- – I don't really create new jobs. It's just people going back to work in their old jobs. Well, yeah, and a lot of companies shifted. A lot of companies <laughs> went from having a large number of full-time employees to a lot larger number of part-time employees. You know, dealing with more employees with fewer hours, still the company running on a total similar hourly structure, but taking more people to fill those hours. So more people working more part-time jobs means more people working multiple jobs. Here's number 11. I prefer to only conduct business dealings with trusted and vetted brothers. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see where he's coming from, trusted and vetted. And he says the word brothers. Right, not meaning but, biological, uh, but just. Right, just just people in general that he's he trusts enough to bring into his. Inner circle, guess, like yeah. Family type structure, yeah. right, inner circle of people. It's number 12. Like me and you. I believe that a man has the sacred. Street. Sorry, what? It's like, man, you, we just couldn't walk in off the street and think we were going to do business with this man. Oh, no. He's not going to. He just, he seems like the kind of guy that's like, okay, I've got to get to know you first. Right. And once I do get to know you and I get to a certain level of trust with you, then we can do business. Right. I believe that a man has the sacred duty to hold true to his word and do exactly what he says he will do. Let your yeses be yes and your noes be no. And there again, he puts it as a sacred duty. Yeah. And that's, I don't have a really, I don't really have a problem with that wording either. Uh, but it's like you said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah. Number 13. I believe that a man's life is difficult and that he has the sacred duty to become strong to handle such difficulty. Life yes. is going to be tough. Being you sh- need to be ready. Yep. And if you're stupid, it's going to be tougher. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, and if he's just talking about just physical fitness in general, then, yeah, there's even an aspect of that to what I'm saying because you've got to be able to, you've got to be strong, not just in mind, but in body too, to be able to do the things that you need to do to, to survive. You know, like if civilization were to collapse tomorrow. Right. You know. Which I know he means all three because I've actually heard him say that one before, that you need to be, you need to be fit in, uh, how do you say it? You need to be fit Mentally, physically, and spiritually. I've, we've got a, a shirt at the gym, and it's something along the lines that uh, being fit is a moral obligation to oneself. Yeah. And that's just that's just a vague paraphrasing. Of, I don't know what the, to- the actual quote is, but <clears throat> it's, it seems apropos. Yeah. Your number 14 is one that the woke left does not like. I believe men are personally responsible for their actions and for the results they achieve in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. There's nobody to blame for the things that I've done except for myself. Ah, I've heard a lot of people blame a lot of other people. What, for my failures? Uh, no, for their failures. It's either I was born I into the wrong neighborhood, I was born into the wrong family, I was born with the wrong skin color, I was born... With a lot of things I did, I can't control. It's not my fault. So that means I didn't get the right education. I didn't get the right opportunities. The racist white man is holding everything back because this is. Uh, but the thing, 
the thing about it is for every person that you have that's going to run that line, you've got you can go and point to people that came through the exact same circumstances that they had and they made something more out of themselves. It's just whether or not you want uh, to have a victim mentality or not. Number 15. I believe in emotional control and the vital need to become disciplined and professional in all things. Yes. That's that's a good goal to have. Yep. Emotional control uh, and the vital need to become disciplined and professional in all things. Yes. And if if men took that right just that one right there to being emotionally in control and disciplined, then all these people that you see, these men that are out there beating their wives and stuff like that, you wouldn't see that. Yeah. Because they would be, like you said, they'd be emotionally mature and disciplined enough to know that, hey, I'm a man and I can, but just because I can doesn't mean I should. Right. It kind of goes back to, uh, I was I really loved the movie Excalibur growing up. And, uh, and just the idea of Arthur and his knights and so on and so forth. And one of the things that one of the, the big mottos that they had was the fact that, that Arthur and the knights, it wasn't that, they're, that they were mighty people. And thus, since they were mighty, what they did was right. It was the fact that they used their might for the right reasons, mm-hmm. not just because they could do something. Right. Not, you know, they just didn't go and take a village because they knew they could. You know, they it, how it, it was might for right, not might makes right. Hmm. It's basically the, the concept. Here's number 16. I believe that men have a sacred duty to approach everything in life from a position of strength. Mm-hmm. And at all possible, you should be, you, you know, you try to do that as, as, as much as you can. Here's number 17. I believe that all men have the sacred duty to become men of upright and virtuous character and live above all possible reproach. You know, if, if we just, if our politicians, if just our politicians, if they could latch on to just that one thing right <laughs> yeah. there and yeah. had that in their head, how much better, I mean, the difference between Republicans and Democrats would be almost non-existent. Right. If they just could get a hold of that one concept and actually live it out in their lives. But the way they do it is, I know there's so much dirt I have, means I need to find out as much dirt on you as I can, so that it's kind of a mutual destruction. If you share anything about me, I'll just yeah, share I'm yours. Share. If you share, if you share my dirt, I'm going to put your dirt out there. Yeah, mutually assured destruction. It's number eighteen. I believe it is incumbent upon me to ruthlessly identify my own weaknesses and limitations, and I eagerly work to overcome them and become more capable in all realms. Hmm. Nothing wrong with self-reflecting nope. and trying to make a trying to make yourself a better person. That's uh, that's a good goal to have. I dare say uh, we don't do it enough nowadays. No, everything nowadays is yeah. accept yourself for your flaws. And uh, everyone else needs to accept you as you are. You know, because they say come as you are, but it doesn't mean you stay that way. Mm-hmm. There's number 19. I seek to improve my personal freedom to think, act, and live true to my masculine imperative in all ways. Okay, so basically all these things that he says that uh, are his sacred duties as a man to do, he seeks to improve those things, all of them. So that's, that's kind of a recap. Right, yeah. Of everything that's went before. Here's one more into the physical body. I believe each man has a sacred duty to mold the physical body into the strongest, most resilient, and most capable version of itself. Mm-hmm. And the military would probably, they would be, you know, they would, because that's what they, they say, they tear you down to build you back up again. Right. That kind of stuff. If we so get rid of all the habits, there are no bad habits. We get rid of every habit you have, and then we'll give you new ones. Mm-hmm. I believe that men have the sacred duty to rigorously train themselves, both physically and mentally, every day. But some of these, like that, just keep building on each other. You need to identify it. You need to be pushing to be better, and then you need to work on that every day. Mm-hmm. I believe that I have the sacred duty to only eat the highest quality foods possible. <laughs> that reminds me of, like... Uh 
you, 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 I used to, you know, you used to watch these movies and stuff like that. You'd see the little girl go out to the store. He'd be going to the store and she. Wait a minute, you're all froze up. Sell it, and then she'd put it back down, and she'd reach over. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It was all froze. Uh, you're, you're fine now. Then she'd reach over and she'd get something else, and uh, and she would only get the best of what was laid out there, and mm. she felt like it was you know that it was meant for her. It's like okay, these are the best these these are the best tomatoes that I've found because I'm going to make tomato sauce tonight. And this is the best, whatever else, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Lots of people used to live that way. You know, they would go to the market. Of course, this is back when, you know, you didn't have so many things in cans. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. You didn't have as many uh, junk products available. Even you were, you were culling through the best of the best. You had good, fresh vegetables and you were trying to find the best of that actual one. Right. I mean, nowadays... For your own consumption. Right. Nowadays is... Well, I mean, it, it comes down to garbage in, garbage out. Um, all right, what are we on? Number 23. I reserve the right to protect the sanctity of my bloodstream and make my own decisions about medical care and procedures. And, and that's and a COVID to one, the, too. Uh, but, according to the... What is it? The Nuremberg Accords or whatever it is? You have yeah. that right. That's that's something that all the governments of the world have signed off on after the Nazis did what they did back during World War Two. Yeah, the Nuremberg World Code consent. Code of Consent. The Nuremberg Code of Consent is yes. this means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion. Yeah, and you didn't see that in... Because right. when I was I was on Facebook, and I simply went out and I was able to find the side effects to the COVID shot that, they, that the CDC themselves said, these are the side effects or the potential side effects of taking this shot. I simply posted that on Facebook and it got covered up as being uh, partially misleading information or, or <laughs> misinformation. And I'm like, how can you say that? I took this, I took a screenshot from the actual document itself and pulled it out and put it on Facebook so that people could be informed as to what the possible side effects of what, if they're deciding to get the shot, you know, what the side effects could be. Right. What's mis there's nothing misleading about that, but they wanted to put it, make it misleading because they wanted people to get the shots. They didn't want them to make an informed consent or an informed decision because they just wanted them to get it. I don't know why, but they did keep people in the dark. And it it's a lot easier to have them just blindly follow you. Biden said yesterday that the, uh, the pandemic's over even though nowhere right. else has really said that. But he did say it. He came out and said it yesterday um, mm -hmm. to clarify. And, could, could you clarify yeah. that? And it's kind of like the same thing. Did you hear the one during that 60-minute interview? They asked him if we would intervene with uh, ground forces um, if uh, China um, invaded Taiwan. Um, mm -hmm. And he said we would. Um, and then hmm. he was like the what's his name that was interviewing him was kind of kind of he didn't say really, but, he you know, he was kind of like, really? And he asked him again to clarify it. And he said, uh, yes, that we would. And then immediately the White House came out with a rebuttal that the White House's position on uh, Taiwan has not changed. <laughs> what does it say? A double minded man is unstable in all of his ways. What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan? We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago, and that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging them being independent. We're not, let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say 
whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. The White House is, shut it down! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you notice how he went to that little segue yeah. <laughs> about the White Houses. And that's what happens when you get somebody that has dementia. You just can't let them loose and in front of, and, and actually take halfway serious questions because, <laughs> no. you know, you never know what they're going to say. I mean, he when he was making the statement, you could see he was kind of confused. <laughs> like, uh, this is probably what I should be saying, but I'm not sure. But I'm going to say it anyway. Where are we? It at, sounds right. Where are we going to get our iPhones from? I don't know. <laughs> Here's number twenty-four. Back to Mister Tate. I affirm the importance of endlessly improving my mental faculties through diligent work, study, and practice. Make your mind stronger. Didn't he? He did didn't that. He already w- have one about that. No, that was physical. Your physical yeah, faculties he, through diligent work, study, and practice. This one is your mental faculties. Okay. Through diligent work, I study, he and practice, had said something along those lines already. But all right, maybe not. But it's, it's the same concept, yeah, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's 25. I believe in inquiring wealth and abundance in order to improve my life and do good for those I care about. Make a lot of money and do good things with it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what was that the Wolf of Wall Street movie back in the 80s or whatever? Greed is good. Yeah, but that wasn't, uh, it wasn't greed for good. It was greed is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Greed, greed right. is good. Yeah, greed that's for good would be all right. His is more greed for good. Yes. And there again, that goes back to the concept of might for right, not might makes right. Right. You know, and it's, it's the same concept. It's like, you know, I make as much money as I possibly can so that I can help those around me. Right. That I care about. It's a great uh, mindset to have. Yeah. I believe in the merits of healthy competition and constantly encourage all men to seek out competition to improve themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's a good I idea. believe that. Ma- and that's like joining a gym, you know. Mm. Right. Uh, you know, and my problem is, is before I'm so freaking old, I go to the gym and there's all these young people there and they can all, they can all outdo me. It's just, it makes me so sad. You know, it is what it is. But you get in there and you slug away at it anyway because, you know, it's the thing to do. And maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe on, at some level these, these young bucks are like, you know, I really <laughs> respect Wolfie. He comes in here every day he's off and, by gosh, he's not doing as much as I'm doing, but he's doing what he's He's out doing. here working at it. And he's putting, the, he's putting the freaking sweat work in every day that he yeah. can be here. <laughs> You know, and that's something, you know. Yeah, this one, the the believe the merits of healthy competition and constantly encouraging all men to seek out <clears throat> could be all three again, the mentally, the physically, mm-hmm. and the spiritually. Because you can challenge yeah, your yes. brothers, um, your circle, yes. your friends. Iron sharpens your, iron. Right, both m- mentally, physically, and spiritually. I mean, we owe it to each yes. other to uh, build each other up. Right, and hold each other's feet to the fire. Right, when we when it needs when when we feel like it needs to be done. I believe that masculine brotherhood is essential to men's mental health, happiness, and success. And I relentlessly encourage men to meet together, train together, and work together. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the opposite side of that coin is that women should also seek out the company of other women. Right. For the exact same reasons, because even though even though I'm married to my wife and I love her and, and everything that goes along with that there, you know, you just have to get away from each other from time to time. And like I said, go hang out with your, with your, with your male friends. And not necessarily meaning that you're going to do something that you shouldn't be doing. Uh, it just means that you're looking for a guy friend to hang out with. That's, you know, whatever. I maintain the trust of my brothers through reverent silence regarding our most sacred and shared experiences. Yes. I do have a really cool story about that. A a guy I was working with up at the jail, he comes to me and he says, uh, he says, Hey man, I'm putting in an application for Abaddon. Don't tell anybody. 
right? And I'm right. like, not a problem. I will not say a word to anybody. I said, this stays between me and you and inside this room right here. I said, you will never hear, it will never come back to you that, hey, Russell was telling me that you're getting ready to go for Abbott and you'll never have anybody come up to you and say that. Right. And so I would actually have other people come up to me and say, hey, did you hear about John? And I'm like, no, what about him? Oh, he's putting in for Abingdon. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't, you know, I'd act surprised. And I, I before he left, I kind of went and I, I, not, I, I pinned him down on it. And I was like, I was like, dude, you told me not to tell anybody. And I said, and then you went out here and you told everybody. You told everybody. <laughs> you told everybody. And I said, I've had people coming up to me saying, hey, did you hear about John? And I had to act like I didn't know what was going on because you told me not to say anything. And so I would sit there and be like, no, what about him? And they, then they would tell me, like, oh, yeah, he's putting in for Abingdon. I was like, okay. He's like, I That's told cool. everybody yeah. the same story, except I gave each of them one small detail changed to see which one, when it came back to me, who was the, the snitch. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that particular scenario that you've got, that sounds exactly like him. <laughs> <laughs> he would do something like that just for just because... <clears throat> He's like, I have no plans on leaving. I was just, uh, I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing a long game. This is a, this okay. is a three month uh, prank. Yeah, exactly. Well, and he will do that. He, oh, he loves his pranks. Right, here's 29. I believe in honoring my ancestors and living in a way that would make most of them proud of me today. Hmm. I mean, as long as it doesn't get into the, to the point of ancestry worship. Um, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you got to kind of think, you know, if, if my grandfather was alive today, would he be proud of me of what I've accomplished? You'd hope so. Or, you know, or yeah, you would hope so. Cause he, he tells a lot of stories about, uh, his, uh, his father and, you know, their, his lineage or whatever, um, that it's cause in their conversations with, Patrick Bet David, when they were doing it, he talked a lot about that. It was kind of like you as a man, it's your, it's your duty to raise your child, your, your sons and your daughters to make them into basically the best human beings you can make them into. And they should be better than you when you're finished, when you've led them so that then it's a better society. And then they do the same with theirs so that it's a constant progression rather than a regression it's number 30 i reserve the right to administer difficult rites of passage for our young men to allow them to earn the rank of manhood i heard a rather interesting conversation with some men and they were, it was basically a men's group and they were doing like a men's i guess retreat kind of thing mm-hmm. and that was one of the things that they talked about doing because like in all these like ancient tribal type settings there was always some kind of rite of passage for a young man once he got to a certain age that he would go out and he would do this and it would signify him passing from being a child to being a man right and uh i i can see a lot of uh it's kind of like the idea of the The spartans did that in a way yeah, and your bar mitzvah, you get yeah. bar mitzvah at 13 or whatever it is, and that's supposedly when you go from being a child to a man. Yeah. You know, you're a, you're a young man now. In in, in the way you are. But yeah, that's that's it's actually I think something that we should probably as a society probably do more of because if we are then we're actually investing time in our kids like we should be. I affirm the importance and need for travel and adventure as men. Road trip. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I wholeheartedly agree with that one. <clears throat> I wholeheartedly agree. I think there's always there should always be a time where you can go and do something. Just you know, if you got the money, just go out and do. Like I've been talking to my wife here lately, and uh, she's like, I've been telling her like I would really like to be able to find a place where it's really dark at night so that you can see the Milky Way. You know? And this is kind of like a little adventure yeah, uh, that I would like to go on. And so she goes out and she starts looking up things online. It's like, oh, well, it says it's really dark here. 
but I'm like, you know, granted here on the East coast, yeah, I really don't see if we're, even if you do get, get out into a very dark area, I just don't think that you're going to be able to see as much of the Milky way that if you were to go to someplace where it's like super dark, like somewhere out West, right. You know, cause there's just so much light here. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, I don't know anywhere around where you're at there. We used to do that when I lived in Jacksonville, which, you know, Jacksonville is a big city or, you know, don't have a whole lot, but we would drive out to Green Cove Springs, which is about 30 miles outside of it. It's the farmland area going north out into like right before you come into Georgia. And we would drive up there Uh into Green Cove and some of those back roads, you'd just be through farm pasture land and it'd be like the road would just be straight for like. 25, 30 miles, no curves, no bends, no nothing, and no cars, no, no, nothing out there but farmland. And then we would drive out right. through there at night sometimes, and you could pull off to the side, turn your headlights off, and you get out. And if it was an overcast night, you couldn't see, you could put your hand six inches in front of your face. You couldn't see anything. It was the blackest black I've ever been in. Um, mm-hmm. But on a, Clear, beautiful night. Yeah, you could see everything. But that was always an interesting. Uh, I remember when I was out in the desert. Uh, they uh, at nighttime. It was it was it was tacky. And Saudi road lights everywhere, and you know light poles and all this other stuff. You're just out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, uh, I had a pair of uh, these Cyclops uh, night vision goggles, which they basically take the starlight and they bring it in and, and magnify it up so that you can see you look in it. It's kind of a green kind of color that you're seeing, but you get enough light to where you can see things. Yeah. And I remember just kicking back on my fighting position, looking up at the sky with these things on and just the amount of stuff that mm, just you can see. popped. I had a pair of those uh, that we got ridiculous. with call of duty, modern warfare <laughs> that came in the uh, Xbox <laughs> pack. That they gave oh, the big wow. the big head and a pair of those. Now you paid an extra hundred and fifty uh-huh. bucks for them, but it was like the big collectors right. pack that come with it, and they worked uh-huh. to be cheap. Come with a video game, they worked really well. Right. We'd put them on and go around down here in the in the basement and stuff, uh-huh. and it would work. You could see, but yeah, if, if now you had to have a speck of light coming from somewhere, but it would right. yeah use that light. Now the- we went into a uh, we went into a bunker complex while we were out in the desert, and uh, we were told that we had to dismount from the Bradleys we were on and clear the bunkers, and make sure there wasn't nobody in them. One of my one of our sergeants, he's a E five. He dismounts off the Bradley with us, and he goes into this fighting position. It's a it's basically just a bunker that's been dug in the ground. And he goes in there, I think him and a couple other guys, and they go in, they kind of look around a little bit, and they say it's all clear and stuff like that. And they start bringing out these boxes, and it's got, uh, it's just boxes and boxes of, of AK-47s in in wooden boxes still inside the plastic bags that they were shipped in. Hmm. So they're brand spanking new. I would say they haven't any- and had a round or two shot through them. They're still that brand new. And uh, they found a, a whole, like a, just a big box of uh, really cheap looking bayonets. And he found a pair of night vision binoculars. That'd All he cool. had to do was just like, and they, they when, he, when he first found them, they didn't work. All he had to do though, is he got one of the little batteries that would fit inside of it. Mm-hmm. And he took these, just screw the cap off, the battery down in it, and screwed it back, and then flipped switch. It was all the writing on it was in Russian, hmm. and they worked. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was kind of cool, little little haul to get. Here is number thirty-two. I seek to help men overcome poor mental health through embracing hard work, physical improvements, and shared masculine brotherhood. There's something to be said for that, because the, a lot of the guys that are in jail. They will, they, they, a lot of them want to be 
on the uh, the work crews mm. because they just can't stand the fact of sitting in jail. Now there's some, there's plenty of them that they don't care. Right. They'll sit, you know, and it doesn't bother them a bit to just sit in a jail cell or in the pod or whatever. But there are a few that uh, they tell us, it's like, you know, hey, look, I really want to be a trustee. I can't just continue just to keep sitting here. It's just driving me crazy. I got to do something. I got to do some kind of work. And there is, you know, going out and getting you sweat on and, and stuff like that. There's something to be said for it. It, it helped keep your mind right. Here's 33. I reserve the right to make the best choices I can at the time to protect myself and respect my mental health. Mm-hmm. 34. It's like just because you can say yes to something, a request from somebody doesn't mean you should all the time. You should, you know. Right. There's there's times that you're going to need just, hey, look, I can't do that right now for whatever reason or no reason, just because you don't want to have another thing on your plate. Right. Uh, I got five balls I'm juggling in the air right now. If I take on one more and they're all going to come crashing down. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to just kind of, like you said, gotta be able to juggle those balls and keep them all in the air. 34. I do good in the world and seek to help those less fortunate. Mm Mm-hmm. 35. And then that's, that's a good, like I said, we've already talked about that. That was one of the first things he said about helping the people closest to him. Yeah. And that's a good thing. But now he's, I think with this, he's also broadening that Broad, out yeah. to not just doing good and helping the people that are close to me, but the person that is, you know, far away Right. that not necessarily I'm not connected to, but maybe by me donating to a charity, I can therefore help that individual. Right. I believe all men have the responsibility to lead and guide those they care about for greater health, prosperity, and happiness. Mm-hmm. I choose to only interact with those who are respectful and civil to me in return for my own respectfulness and civility. Yes. I reserve the freedom to speak and refer to others as I believe is best and most, most truthful. I reserve the freedom to speak and refer to others as I believe is best and most, most truthful. Here's number 38. I reserve the right to choose my company and include only those whom I believe are best for my health, happiness, and success. Yeah. Nobody wants to go and hang out with a Debbie Downer. Oh. You know, certain people you just don't want to, to hang out with because they're just negative all the time. And I get that. You know, you don't yeah. want to be around that all the time. It's 39. I believe I have an imperative to only spend my time in a way that I determine is beneficial, uplifting, and empowering to myself and others. I have to say this. The, the, he, if he actually does live by this, then he holds himself to an incredibly high standard. He's, uh, he's, been topping everything he's done. He's, uh, you know, <clears throat> he's a four or five time world kickboxing champion. He's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, multi, multi, multi millionaire, which I know money doesn't necessarily always mean good ethics and success, but, but it is a way to keep score or, in a way. Um, or, yeah, or guarantee happiness. Right. Here's That's number 40 great. with Andrew Tate. I choose to only allow myself to be influenced by those who I believe have my best interests in mind. I only care about what people who care about me think. I only mm-hmm. care about what people who love me think. Right. All those other people don't have your best interest at heart, so why do you even put any thought into their concern for you yep. if they have none? They can all go pound. They can all go pound sand, as I like to say. Yep. And here is the last one, number forty-one, and the final one. Each day, I dedicate myself anew to create the greatest possible positive impact on the world and do the work necessary to achieve a greater masculine excellence across all realms of human endeavor. And it's basically a summary of everything you just said. Yeah. I basically I get up every day and I try to do all the things that I've already mentioned beforehand every day to make the world that I live in a better place for myself, for my family, for my friends, and for just random people, strangers in general. Right. That's what he said. If everybody just lived by those, 
the world would be a much better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, and here's the thing. I mean, they all sound good, but you could, you could, I could see people taking and twisting those, those principles to basically be self-serving of themselves also. Yeah. Uh, that's where you've got to be really vigilant on what you're doing and how you're treating others and, and so on and so forth. It's, 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 it's a good list. It's a good list. And I don't really have a problem with any of them. Like I said, as long as you're pursuing the virtuous end of it. Right. You know, if you're using, if you're using those things in a non-virtuous way, then you, then that's when you get into the problems. But that's a very interesting uh, clip. And who was that he was being interviewed by? Uh, Patrick Bet David. Oh, okay. He's the one that we pulled up their studio shot. That's the one right. the Hodge twins yeah. were on today. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, for, for everybody who's watching the podcast or listening, I guess no one's watching because we didn't record video tonight. But uh, um, just want to thank everybody for listening. And remember, if this is your first time, go ahead and hit that subscribe button make sure you don't miss out on any of the future episodes. And once you're subscribed, um, be sure and leave us a comment and a review. Let us know what you think. And remember, you can follow us on whichever app you're using. Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, all of them. Um, and we release this, the full podcast, every week. Um, we try to on Mondays. Um, and then we release the Socially Solo episodes every morning. Hope you enjoyed this episode and have a amazing rest of your day. You have a good day too, Wolfie. Yeah, I'll see you later, Dave. See you later. Hey, bye. Bye. If you haven't already, subscribe to Socially Sensitive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at socially sensitive also check out our website socially sensitive.com and grab some officially licensed products